Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Judges chapter 1, and I just got to be honest with you, (laughs) this is one of about three books of the Bible that I am not looking forward to. (laughs) Uh, Now, to be fair, the most interesting stories in the entire Bible are found in the pages we are about to read. But, okay, let me me describe it this way. We're going to jump into this. Have you ever been driving down the road and you come upon this horrific you know, accident, or there's a house on fire. And when you are passing the accident or, you know, the burning house, like you're you're immediately, your heart goes out to them. You're sad about what's going on. You don't want to look, but at the same time, you have to. (laughs) It's just, you're compelled to look and see what's going on. That's the book of Judges, okay? It is the dumpster fire of the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, if I were to give chapter one a title, it would be The Real Housewives of the Old Testament. <laughs> it is full of intrigue, gossip, slander, all the things. And so if you're interested in the Tiger King of the Old Testament, that is what we're going to jump into in just a moment. So get ready. It's going to get crazy. It's embarrassing. <laughs> but that's one of the ways you know the Bible's inspired, is that it doesn't just tell you the good parts. It gives you the warts and everything. We're going to get into all that in just a moment. And y'all get to listen to me struggle read all the way through the most controversial book in the entire Bible. But before we do that, as always, if you like what we're doing, please like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It has blessed my heart so much to see so many of you who are sharing our videos. It, it, it not only does it help, but also helps other people join our community. So thank you so much for doing that. We are on the road to a thousand. We've got a lot of ideas, a lot of things we want to do, and you're going to help us get there. Also, for all my podcast listeners, you are my favorites. I love you so much. And I see you out there. I see you going in force and you're sharing the Spotify links. You're sharing the Apple podcast links, the Google playlist. It's so good. We're now on Amazon Music. So if you're an Amazon person, that helps leaving us a five-star review and then commenting and telling us how you're engaging with God's word. It really does help the old algorithm stuff and helps us get it out there. Also, thank you for everybody who is rallying with us at the Facebook discussion group, Bible Breakdown Discussion. There's some amazing people writing some amazing devotions over there. And I'm telling you, the more we dig, the more we find. That is especially true when it comes to what we're calling the Real Housewives of the Old Testament, the book of Judges. And so here we go. Let's get ready for this. Now, as always, on the very first chapter, we kind of give you a little bit of a background so you know where we're headed, all right? So here's the first thing. Who wrote the book of Judges? Likely, the prophet Samuel wrote the book of Judges. Now, what's going to happen is, is this is going to happen over the course of about 300 years. Joshua, as we're going to see in chapter 1, chapter 2, he is about to die. He has taken his authority and his power, and he's given it to the elders of Israel. And the goal was, is that everybody was going to obey the Old Testament. Everyone's going to obey the the laws and the Torah. They were going to be their own leader. Everything was going to be okay. Well, 
it quickly falls apart. And for about 300 years, there is what's called the cycle of sin that we're going to get into in a moment. And it continues to happen, continues to happen until finally the last judge, we're going to talk about what those are in a second, rises up. His name is Samuel, and he is going to usher in the time of the kings. So from the time of Joshua to the time of Saul and David, you have about 300 dumpster fire years called the book of Judges. Now, the reason why God would allow such a thing in his, in his Bible, with number one, it's only God knows, but other good reasons are there's some amazing moments here of when God does amazing things. It's amazing examples of how God will always help us in our times of need. And it's also a really good reminder of why it's important that we follow God and not our own way. Because, you know, in our culture today, you hear people who say, get rid of government, get rid of authorities, everybody just do their own thing. Wouldn't that be great? Well, read the book of Judges and see what happens when everybody goes their own way. It would be like the idea of why we have rules for driving on the road. If we didn't have rules such as stop at traffic lights, stop at stop signs, stay on your side of the road, all that kind of stuff, it would be one accident after another because there's no rules for the road. Well, that's what the Torah is in the Old Testament, is it is the rules for living a godly life, loving God, loving one another. And when you don't do those things, the book of Judges ensues. And so the reason why we're calling it the Real Housewives of the Old Testament is because you can just see one just problem after another. People are fighting against one another. There's all this intrigue. There's all these different things. And it all has to do with what we're going to call the cycle of sin. Now, what the cycle of sin is, and we, you're going to see this over and over in the book of Judges, is what would happen is, is everybody would be following God. Everything is great. And then over time, they begin to turn away from the Lord. They begin to believe their own press and that they're awesome and they don't really need God. And slowly what starts to happen is they start to turn away from God. Well, as they start to turn away from God and turn in towards sin and they forget about God, God lifts off his hand of blessing. And then because of that, and they forget God, they're overrun by enemy invaders. And once they're overrun by these enemy invaders, sometimes 20, 30, 40 years worth, then they cry out to God, God, we need you. God, help us. And what God would do is he would raise up a temporary leader over the nation of Israel. And they called them judges, people who would deliver them through as a military force or whatever, help them get free. Then that judge would help them stay right, judge between the people, what's right, what's wrong, bring them back to God's law. Well, then that person would die. And after they would die, people would serve God. Then they would forget God. Then they would get overthrown. Then they would cry out for God again. And so this cycle just continues and continues and continues. And so if I were to give you an overall theme for judges, it would be this. I mean, I want to say, don't be stupid, follow God, right? (laughs) But I think a better way of saying that is, don't do life your way, do life God's way. Because God's way of doing life is loving God, loving your neighbor. That, that would be the greatest way to say this is what it is to do life God's way. The problem is, is we're going to give these people in the book of Judges a whole lot of flack. Okay, look, we're going to make fun of them. It's not going to be easy to get through. There, there's crazy stuff happening in this book. Okay, I'm just going to tell you, it's crazy stuff happening. But here's the reality, is we all have a tendency to fall into this cycle of sin. 
And the challenge is how to not fall into the cycle of sin as best as we can. So we're going to jump into chapter 1 of Judges, and we're just going to go and see what God is going to do. Because the intrigue of everything that's going on begins right after the death of Joshua. I mean, poor, poor Joe hasn't even been in the ground, hardly, and already shenanigans ensue. So if you have your NLT Bible, got your coffee topped off, we're, we're going to jump into Judges chapter 1, which by the way, on my blog, brandoncannon.com, if you look in the menu section, there is a heading called uh, Bible study. What I'm doing is, is as we are going through books of the Bible, I'm taking some of the overall ideas and I'm putting them on there each book at a time. And so by the time you listen or watch this video or listen to the podcast, I'm going to have all of that information and a whole lot more on the Bible study page under Judges. And so if you'd like to dig in further to see how this cycle works and some of the different graphs and charts I have on there, you're welcome to do that just to kind of keep your mind, you know, where you know what's going on, because we're going to jump into this and it's going to get crazy fast. And so if you got your NLT Bible ready for me, Judges chapter one, verse one says this. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, which tribes should go first to attack the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah, for I have given them victory over the land. The men of Judah said to their relatives from the tribe of Simeon, Join with us to fight against the Canaanites living in the territory allotted to us. Then we will help you conquer your territory. So the men of Simeon went with Judah. When the men of Judah attacked, the Lord gave them victory over the Canaanites and the Perizzites, and they killed 10,000 enemy warriors at the town of Bezek. While at Bezek, they encountered King Adonai Bezek and fought against him. And the Canaanites and the Perizzites were defeated. Adonai Bezek escaped, but the Israelites soon captured him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. But the reason why, Adonai Bezek said, I once had 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off eating scraps from under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I have done to them. So they took him to Jerusalem and he died there. Wow. Okay, Joker, you, you, done, you done done wrong and the Lord done done wrong back to you. All right, moving on. Verse 8, the men of Judah attacked Jerusalem and captured it, killing all its people and settling, uh, setting the city on fire. Then they went down to fight the Canaanites living in the hill country, the Negev and the western foothills. Judah marched against the Canaanites in Hebron, formerly called Kariath Arba, defeating the forces at Shishai, Ahaman, and Talmai. From there, they went to fight against the people living in the town of Debir, formerly called Kerioth Sefer. Caleb said, Caleb said, I will give my daughter Akash in marriage to the one who attacks and captures Kerioth Sefer. Onathel, the son of Caleb's younger brother, Kenaz, was the one who conquered it, and Eshkah became Othel's wife. I hope she liked him, <laughs> because now they is a married. When Akash married Othanel, she urged him to ask her father for a field. And she got off her donkey. When she got off, as she got down off her donkey, Caleb asked her, What's the matter? She said, Let me have another gift. You have already given me land and the Negev. Now please give me the springs of water too. So Caleb gave her the upper and lower springs. By the way, if this sounds familiar at all, 
We've already covered this in the book of Joshua. Samuel is likely just kind of trying to to piece these together by starting there and then moving forward. All right, verse 17. Then Judah joined with Simeon to fight against the Canaanites living in Zephath and completely destroyed the town. So the town was named Hormah. And in addition, Judah captured the towns of Gaza, Eshkelon, Ekron, along with the surrounding territories. Now pause. The reason why all of this is important is because this is what Joshua told them to do. He said, I want you to go. I want you to conquer the land the Lord has given you. Go and finish the job that all of us has started. So what Samuel is doing is he's telling us, so far, so good. Joe's in the dead. We're now doing what he's called us to do. But now watch what happens in verse 19. The Lord was with the people of Judah, and they took possession of the hill country. But... They failed to drive out the people living in the plains who had iron chariots. The town of Hebron was given to Caleb as Moses had promised. Caleb drove out the people living there who were descendants of the three sons of Anak. The tribe of Benjamin, however, failed to drive out the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. So to this day, the Jebusites live in Jerusalem among the people of Benjamin. Which, by the way, when David became king, he changed all that. He took over Jerusalem, and then he took and made it the capital of Israel. So up until the time of Samuel, when he wrote this, the Jebusites still had their mailbox there. But after David got there, he didn't burn that mailbox to the ground and took it over for himself. All right, verse 22. The descendants of Joseph attacked the town of Bethel, and the Lord was with them. Then they sent men to scout out Bethel, formerly known as Luz, and they confronted a man coming out of the town and said to him, Show us a way into the town, and we will have mercy on you. So he showed them a way in, and they killed everyone in the town except that man and his family. Thank you for that. Later, the man moved to the land of the Hittites, where he built a town, and to which no one ever told him any more secrets, <laughs> because they now know, can't trust that fool. All right. Uh, it named, he named it Luz, which is its name to this day. The tribe of Manasseh failed to drive out the people of Bethshan, Tekana, Dor, Eblim, and Megiddo, and all the surrounding settlements, because the Canaanites were determined to stay in that region. When the Israelites grew stronger, they forced the Canaanites to work as slaves, but they never did drive them out completely from the land. The tribe of Ephraim failed to drive out the Canaanites living in Gezer, so the Canaanites continued to live there among them. The tribe of Zebulon failed to drive out the residents of Kitron and Nethahal. So the Canaanites continued to live among them, but the Canaanites were forced to work as slaves for the people of Zebulon. The tribe of Asher failed to drive out the residents of Echo, Sidon, Alhelop, Zibib, Mibal, Aphek, and Rehob. Instead, the people of Asher moved in among the Canaanites who controlled the land, for they failed to drive them out. So you see, one group, they did drive them out, the people with Caleb. That old man could fight, (laughs) and he got rid of all of them. The next ones, they didn't drive them out. They made them as slaves, which they shouldn't have done. The next one, they just moved in. What's up, (laughs) y'all? Let's be neighbors. Which is also what they weren't supposed to do. All right, verse 33. Likewise, the tribe of Naphtali failed to drive out the residents of Beth Shemesh and Beth Hanah. Instead, they moved in among the Canaanites who controlled the land. Nevertheless, the people of Beth Shemesh and the people of Beth Hanath were forced to work as slaves among the people of Naphtali. As for the tribe of Dan, 
the Amorites forced them back into the hill country and would not let them come down into the plains. The Amorites were determined to stay in Mount Heres, Ejalon, Shamabim, but the descendants of Joseph became stronger and they forced the Amorites to work as slaves. The boundary of the Amorites ran from Scorpion Pass to Seal or Selah and continued upward from there. So as you can see, as we're getting ready to end, already the intrigue starts. Moses told Joshua, go in, take over the land. This is the land that belonged to you a long time ago. Now it's time to go take it back. Now they go back in there, and Joshua's final request was to please finish the work we had started. And that is, drive them out and take over the land. And everybody was like, cool, we got you. We're going to do this. So we're going to do it our way. <laughs> and, and we are not going to drive them out. Instead, we're going to make them slaves, or we're just going to move in beside them. Let's all do this. Well, that's the problem, is that when you don't do things God's way, you get consequences that God doesn't intend. And so what's the lesson for us in chapter one? I think the number one lesson is to make sure that we do God's word God's way. God's word is not for his benefit, it's for ours. You ever thought about that before? Why in the world would the king of all the universe write down his inspired word and give it to us? It doesn't benefit him at all. It benefits us. It teaches us how to know him, how to follow him, and how to live and grow in freedom every day. Therefore, it is important for us to do these things God's way. If we do God's word God's way, then we get all the promises that go with that. If we don't do things God's way, we get all the promises that go along with that. And so as we get started, I want to ask you this question. Are you following God's word to the best of your ability? If you are, then God knows. And God's going to lead you in the right direction. But if you're not following God's word in his way, just to be very honest with you, then you have to be careful because there are obvious consequences that goes along with that as well. And so I think it's an opportunity in just a moment as we listen to some music for a second, just to ask ourselves the question, is there an area of my life where I need to take a next step? Is there an area where I need to maybe move a little bit closer to doing God's word, God's way? And if so, what is that? And don't try to fix everything. Just try to fix something. Because as our theme verse for this particular book is going to tell us, I think when we do life God's way, we're going to notice because we're going to have God's presence and God's favor on our life. Because it says this as we get ready to pray. Joshua 17, verse 6. In those days, Israel had no king, and all the people did whatever seemed right in their own, on their own, in their own eyes. Don't do life your way. Do life God's way, and watch what happens. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for the book of Judges. Lord, everything is helpful for us, even if it is to show us what not to do. Lord, we can see what happens when we don't live our lives your way. My prayer is as we go through the book of Judges, God, we'll, we'll have some fun, we'll laugh, we'll get frustrated, but more importantly, we'll see what happens when we choose to do life our way, and then also choose to what happens when we come back to you. Lord, the book of Judges is full of darkness, but it's also full of the bright light of how you always come to rescue us. I pray we will see both and choose what is right. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love you. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow for Judges chapter 2. 